values, and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Oh, oh, oh. That's all I got. It's Chris Merrill in for Mike Broomhead, KTAR. Uh, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, uh, a Happy Solstice, whatever you got going on. I don't care. I was listening to uh, a radio show yesterday from different, it was actually a random station in Minnesota. And they were talking about uh, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. And the one said, uh, don't be offended if somebody tells you uh, Happy Holidays, but you should reply Merry Christmas if that's the way you feel. And I thought, huh. <laughs> like, <laughs> if somebody tells me Happy Holidays, I go, you too. That's it. I don't go, Merry Christmas. <laughs> Happy Holidays. It's great. Oh, it's the war on the war on Christmas. I swear to goodness. Uh, nothing says I hate my neighbor more than the festivities of Christmas time. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. Nothing seems to divide us more than politics. And as soon as we start entering poli- politics and religion, are the two big divisions, right? If you go to a party, don't bring up politics, don't pre- bring up religion. Unless you're going to a religious party or a political party. But if you're going to a, just a social gathering, hey, don't bring up politics and religion. Just stay away from it. You'll be the cool person at the party. As soon as you start bringing up politics and religion, you start dividing people. People start questioning whether or not they want to associate with you. You question whether or not you want to associate with them. There's no reason to bring that up. None. And yet we always plug those elections in right around the holidays, right? Isn't that funny? We can have uh, we have uh, 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 Carrie Lake supporters and then uh, Carrie Lake non-supporters. They're not really Hobbs supporters. They're just Carrie Lake non-supporters. And we get uh, up near uh, Thanksgiving. It's like, oh, Thanksgiving, what a wonderful time. We all come together. We all give thanks for what is good. Except that person over there who disagrees with me on politics, and I hate them because they hate America. But it doesn't matter if you're on the left. You look at the right and you say, the right hates America. And you look at the people on the right and they look at the left and they go, those people hate America. I, I just wish, this is, I, I think this is the common ground we need to find. If you're a Democrat and you hate America, raise your hand. If you're a Republican and you hate America, raise your hand. In fact, is it not because both sides believe that America can do better? That they fight so hard about the future of the country? Yes, of course it is. Nobody's running for office on an anti-American platform. I always get to say, yes, they are. In my mind, I've already decided that they hate America. That's why I wear American flag underwear, so that everyone will know how much I love America. <laughs> We all love our country. We all love where we are. We just want to make it better. There's nothing wrong with that. And then that brings us to Georgia. The Georgia Senate runoff uh, votes today. They had early voting. Big turnout in early voting. But the, uh, the, the election is today in Georgia. And I was thinking more and more about this. The, the power in the Senate has already been determined. Uh, right now, there's a... The uh, uh, fifty, well, I mean, fifty forty nine advantage Democrats. If uh, Raphael Warnock wins in Georgia, it goes to a fifty one to forty nine majority for the Democrats, 
if Herschel Walker wins, it's a 50-50 split, but the vice president has the tie-breaking vote. And in this case, it's Kamala Harris, who's a Democrat. Democrats would still control the Senate, just as they've done on the 50-50 split for the last two years. But I was thinking about this more and more. You know who's had the most focus in the Senate? Aside from Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell, the majority minority leaders in in the Senate. The people with the most attention, and ultimately the most power have been Joe Manchin, West Virginia, and Kirsten Cinema, Arizona. They've had the ability to slow down whatever the Democratic uh, agenda is, or Joe Biden's agenda. They've had the ability to slow that down over the last two years. And they've had the ability to say uh, things like, I'm not going to pass your, I'm not going to vote yes on your infrastructure deal. Republicans aren't going to vote yes on your infrastructure deal. Uh, And I'm not going to vote yes unless you do X, Y, Z for my state. Right? And so, if there are enough votes to overcome the holdouts on the left then those those on the left don't have as much latitude to exercise their powers. If Kirsten Cinema is adamantly opposed to ending the filibuster, but the Democrats are able to muster 50 votes even without her, suddenly it doesn't matter that she opposes that. So it would stand to reason then that Kirsten Cinema's power is in some degree, to some degree, diminished if Herschel Walker doesn't win in Georgia. If the Democrats have 51 votes, it means they don't necessarily have to have her vote on every single issue. They could let her uh, run afoul or be the, the maverick that she wants to be, trying to fill the shoes of John McCain. She could do that if she wanted to. They wouldn't necessarily need that because they would have the vote tallies to get whatever it is passed, even without her vote. Suppose that she, suppose there's a vote to end the filibuster, and Cinema votes no, joins the Republicans and votes no, and it ends up being a 50-50 split. Then it's down to Kamala Harris to, to, uh, to make that final determination. So Chuck Schumer doesn't necessarily need to count Kirsten Cinema if he already has 50 other votes. So it would stand to reason that a very prominent Arizona Democrat in Kirsten Cinema may be hoping that the Republican wins in Georgia today. Just food for thought. Not saying that's the way it is. I'm sure on the face she'd say, oh, I'm all about my party. I don't know. I'm not so sure that's the case. All right, we'll talk about the good news coming to your gas pump in just a few moments and why the power, excuse me, the oil companies hmm, may be headed to court in California. That's next. Chris Maryland from Mike Broomhead, KTAR. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Greetings, salutations. Chris Maryland from Mike Broomhead today. You are a an oil-dependent individual. Even if you don't think you are, even if you are trying to live off the grid hippie dip, man, whatever it is, we are dependent on oil 
for our roadways, for our rubber production, for our plastics. We are a, an oil-dependent nation. For a lot of us, that oil dependency is just its most obvious when we are driving to work. we got to fill up. My, I don't know why he did this. My brother-in-law lives out in Queen Creek, works downtown, but uh, decided he needed a, a three-quarter ton 4x4 to get to work. And, of course, he's got to put the knobby tires on it. I love my brother-in-law. He's nuts. And I go, that's, uh, that's an interesting choice, isn't it? He goes, yeah. Now, nobody messes with me. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Especially because you're taking up four parking spaces, right? What's your gas mileage on that? He's like, I get nine gallons to the mile. <laughs> I don't really understand that. But he certainly pays close attention to the diesel prices. Diesel prices are a little bit different than the, than the, the unleaded prices that most of us take care of. But we're watching it. We're watching what those prices are doing, where they're going. And the good news is, in Arizona, they're headed they're headed in the right direction, as far as most of us are concerned, from ABC. There is no denying that this has been a wild year for gas prices. The average price at the pump in Phoenix hit record highs in June, jumped again in September, but has been on a continual decline since. Here is this chart from Gas Buddy. The roller coaster began with the average price of regular rising to over $4 in early March due to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. It Arf. topped out at 570 in June, but then dropped again in late August, rose a dollar in September. Yeah. Uh, and Phoenix regular now today is averaging around the $4 mark. An interesting data point of this wild ride is the gap between average prices in Phoenix and Tucson. I looked up the daily average price for over five years, and 2022 holds the record for both the largest and the smallest gap. In oh, early March, during the first run up, the difference between Phoenix and Tucson prices was only five cents. It hit the widest gap ever in October when Phoenicians were paying almost a dollar sixty more than Tucsonians. Whoa. Today, the gap is about seventy cents. That's double the average over five years, which comes out to about thirty cents. So here are some of the averages around the valley. The data, this data, is from AAA. In the East Valley, you're paying just over four dollars for regular. Uh, if you're filling up in Glendale, you're expecting to probably pay the lowest. That's about $3.90. Congratulations, Glendale! Hey, a round of applause for Glendale! Scottsdale is where you're going to find the highest average prices. At and they don't care. About $4.20. And Phoenix proper is averaging about $3.96. All regions down about $0.50 cents, uh, from last month. That's Outside great. the valley, gas is also falling, but not as dramatically. Oh. Tucson is paying about $3.30. Yuma, $3.90. Uh, Flagstaff is just under 4 And Prescott is also at $3.90. As you can see, the prices in these areas drop about $0.15 cents to $0.26. Cents. All right. So, anyway, the point is, Garrett Archer there at uh, ABC 15, the point is, gas prices are coming down. Great. Good. But wait a minute. Are the prices of oil, is the price of oil coming down as well, you ask, because you're astute? Yes. Strange. With, with us paying $4 a gallon around the metro area, except Glendale. Glendale! You would think that the the price per per barrel has still got to be up near a hundred hundred and ten dollars a gallon, right? It would only stand to reason. No, no, it's at seventy six ninety three for West Texas crude. Hmm. 
So the price of price of a barrel of oil is $77, but we're still paying at the pump what you would expect to see if price if the prices were up over $100 a barrel. That's strange. So what's happening there? Well, this is something that our neighboring state, California, who every time you see the prices going up here, it's a dollar more over there. Uh, Gavin Newsom, who's the, the governor over there, uh, Governor Batman, because he looks like Bruce Wayne on a bender. Uh, Gavin Newsom unveiling an outline of his plan to place a cap on oil refinery profits in California, a proposal that he's asking lawmakers to approve in hopes of reducing future spikes on gasoline prices. It is frustrating, isn't it? It's frustrating for me anyway, and hopefully it is for you too, that you see that the, the price of oil and the price per barrel isn't matching up with the price we're paying at the pump historically, right? That difference is significant. And so you're going, where are all those profits going? Where's that difference going? Because we still have to drive. We still have to get to work. We don't necessarily have to buy a three-quarter ton diesel pickup like my brother-in-law, but we still got to get to work. Where's that money going? In California, they go, it's going to the pockets of of the refineries. And you start seeing that their profits are astronomical, the Exxons, the, the Shells, they're astronomical prices, or, or uh, profits, excuse me. And so they're trying to intervene and say, this is, this, is, this is price fixing. It's frustrating for me when I see all of this nonsense, and then I see that some Saudi Arabian uh, uh, emir or whatever is able to give Cristiano Ronaldo $211 million a year to come play soccer. That seems frivolous. All right, we'll talk bad tech in a moment. Chris Merrill in for Mike Broomhead this morning on KTAR. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. I told you before, stay away from politics and religion and uh, you'll be the coolest guy at the party. Or gal, whatever that might be. Or whatever your pronoun is. It's Chris Merrill in for Mike Broomhead on KTAR. Uh, Elon Musk has always been a figure that people loved or hated. In the past, the reason that they liked or disliked Elon Musk usually had to do with personality conflicts and or someone else's own insecurities. So Elon Musk makes a lot of money, comes up with Tesla. Tesla is this revolutionary uh, new electric vehicle. He's got these big dreams, but he also tends to start spewing things out before he's really ready uh, to to move on those things. Right? He's, his, his mouth is a little bit further ahead of the rest of his body. His mind is way out there. His mouth is second. And uh, his little busy hands are a distant third. So he might say, I've got this uh, new Tesla e-truck. It's going to be ready to go by 2020 or 2021 or whatever else it is. And we're waiting. It's not happening. So his mind is out there. His mind is saying, we'll be ready here. His mouth goes, yeah, mind. That makes a lot of sense. Boom. Do that. And then his actions are, whoa, not ready for that. He says, we're going to put somebody on Mars by 2024, which means that his mind was already thinking we can get somebody on Mars. His mouth says, yeah, 2024. And then his body says, probably, maybe before the end of the decade. Right? So if you had issues with Elon Musk in the past, oftentimes that was because his, his, uh, his mouth is writing checks his body can't cash, as Top Gun would say. 
Well, now the latest thing is this uh, this uh, Neuralink that's getting him in a little bit of trouble. His Neuralink medical device company is under federal investigation now for potential animal welfare violations amid internal staff complaints that its animal testing is being rushed, causing needless suffering and deaths, according to documents viewed by Reuters. The Neuralink Corp is developing a brain implant that they hope will help paralyze people walk again and cure other neurological ailments. That sounds amazing, doesn't it? Except to get that done means a lot of animal testing, and if you're doing the animal testing, can you do that humanely? Well, now there's a probe into whether or not they were doing that humanely. The problem that Elon Musk is facing right now has to do not necessarily with the investigation itself, but with the court of public opinion. Because he got involved in weighing in on politics and then in on uh, buys Twitter and then starts letting everybody and their uncle back on Twitter that has made some pretty outlandish statements, people are going, wow, this guy's got a political bend. So now, the court of public opinion is making up their minds on things not even related to the stuff they're angry with him about. Again, if you're at a party, you don't bring up politics and religion, and you're the cool person at the party. People might not like you because you're cool. Totally possible. Happens all the time. People might not have liked Elon Musk because he was wealthy and because he had shown success in different areas. But... Those people were in the minority. Now it's like everyone's looking at him going, you're just another kook. And he's part of big tech. Big tech has been a nasty topic for a while, right? Ooh, big tech. Big tech. Big tech is politically motivated. Big tech this. Big tech that. But what is big tech? Big tech is scientific advancements. Technological advancements, not necessarily related to social media or Apple products. It's rough for big tech, too, when some of their technology, not related at all to what we think of in Silicon Valley, uh, creates issues locally. For instance, we have different companies developing products that are supposed to help us stay cooler in the summer. I'm all for it. And as we know, with all the different concrete and asphalt around us all the time, there's and you've felt this too before, where the sun goes down and you walk on the street or the sidewalk because finally the sun's down, and you can just feel it radiating off the ground. Yeah. I feel that. I know, I know what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about. We've been there. We've experienced it. So we came up with this, the cooling pavement. Unfortunately, here's another example of the tech... Maybe being, or at least the idea, maybe being a little bit further ahead of the actual implementation. Uh, Channel 15 had our story. Neighbors calling this a nightmare, telling us the heavy rains cause coating like this to chip off the roads. Coating from a special pavement program that's now stuck on their driveways and even their sidewalks. The first time that it was done, it was great. Why they decided to do a second coat? is beyond me. It's meant to keep things cooler during extreme Phoenix heat, but when it rains... They look really horrible, and they got up under the cars. Delia Marquez and her dad, among the many, now complaining about the city's so-called cool pavement. They say the streets looked soapy over the weekend when it was yep. raining. And then when it stopped raining a little bit, it started cracking. The whole street started, like, peeling. Ew! It's kind of like, have you ever seen somebody that uh, painted a picnic table while it still was a little bit... Maybe the wood wasn't quite dry... And then as the humidity inside, the, the paint dries on top, then the humidity starts to press up and it starts to crack. And then it rains. So you've got this, you've got this cracked paint. 
and then you've got it mixing with the rain and the paint never really uh, solidified quite right because there was always that humidity in the wood and it starts to create this soupy substance. That's what it looked like on the roads. And you got to use the roads. You got to go to work, right? Which means that when you pull into your driveway at the end of the day, you're tracking that all into your driveway and into your garage. Ew. And have you ever tried to get wet paint chips off of yourself? You ever touch? Uh, you ever touch that soupy crap? And then you're like, I can't get the paint. That you scrape it off of one hand, and now all of a sudden it's on the other hand. Oh, it's disgusting. It's vile. Continue, please. You know, it was really weird. And this family really not weird. the only one upset with what's going on. With the rain and everything, it's just been tracking up what seems like paint all up and down our driveway. Yeah. And it's gross, and the driveways don't look good. It's a learning curve. And we're figuring this out. But frankly, the cool pavement is one of the, the best things that we can do in Phoenix and the, the entire uh, valley. Uh Hopefully we, we get through these little growing pains, and hopefully we have the patience to get through the growing pains. All right, so what does uh, the Deuce have in common with one of our favorite cartoon characters? That is next. Chris Marilyn from Mike Broomhead on KTAR. and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Well, we were hoping that we would be done with election nonsense uh, right about now, but no, we're not. Chris Merrill in for Mike Broomhead, KTAR. And we're not quite done, and there are a couple of reasons for that. The first is, few races too close and are requiring a recount. You heard that in the news, and great job by the KTAR newsroom. One of the best, by the way, in the nation. Uh, so, We've got uh, we've got some elections going to recount. The other reason is you've got uh, the pity party, right? You've got the party that said, it's not fair. My person didn't win. Or even better, it's not fair. I didn't win. So you've got the, the actual delays in the election results. And then you've got the pity party uh, as well that's uh, looking for things. But we're actually still looking into stuff from the 2020 election. Yeah. Uh, you know the the, uh, uh, the special counsel that was set up, uh, Jack Smith. Uh, this is the one that's looking into President Donald Trump's plan to stay in power following the 2020 election. Anything that has to do with January 6th and yada yada yada. He subpoenaed uh, local officials in Maricopa County, as well as uh, other counties uh, in Wisconsin, Michigan. Yeah. Arizona, Michigan, Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, so all in the metro areas, Milwaukee, uh, Wayne County, which is Detroit, and uh, and here, uh, Maricopa County. And Fields Mosley is a spokesperson for Maricopa County who, when contacted by the Washington Post, said, we have received a subpoena and will comply. <laughs> they want to know what kind of conversations were going on between President Trump or his um, his associates and uh, uh, local officials. So... Uh, what, uh, what's the future look like in Arizona elections? Is this the new normal, I guess, is the question that I have. I hope not. Is the new normal campaigning, uh, on issues and complaining that the system is rigged? That was the foundation of the campaign for many in Arizona, is that I'm running in a rigged system. It's the I'm I'm running in a rigged system to fix the rigged system platform. Uh, 
And if I don't lose, it's only proof that I was right. Excuse me. If I don't win, it's only proof that I was right all along. Which is frustrating. And it gets people worked up. It gets them amped up. They show up at the polls or they don't. It's the protest no vote, which I actually think had an impact in this last election. I do. I think Flag Masters and I think Carrie Lake uh, are suffering from the, the disenfranchisement that they caused from their own voters by saying that the election is rigged. Like, if you go to the casino, right, you're headed to Fort, McD- Fort McDowell, right? And there's a sign on the machine that says, machine broken. Right, you walk into McDonald's and you're getting ready. I'm going to put my, I'm going to put my my quarters in the machine. I'm going to put my dollars in the machine. I'm going to put my twenty in the in the slot machine. And I'm going to sit here and I'm going to push those buttons all afternoon until I'm broke or I or I walk out of here with a bunch of money. And you sit down there and there's a sign that says this machine broken. Are you going to use it? Chances are. You are going to take your money to a machine that has a sign that, excuse me, that doesn't have a sign on it saying it's broken. Because if you sit down at the machine that says this machine broken and you put your money into it, you're an idiot, right? And so if Carrie Lake is telling you the machine is broken, are you going to use that machine? There's the flaw in this this pre-election, it was all, everyone's out to get me, theory, is that the very fact that people voted for Carrie Lake proves Carrie Lake was wrong about the election being, that the election system is broken. Because people did vote, and the vote went to Carrie Lake, or Masters, or whomever, Right? But it is frustrating when we're trying to get the results of those elections, and it feels like it takes forever. Now, tight elections, we understand they're going to take a little bit longer. We get it, right? We know that this vote is close. We know there's going to be some some extra counting going on, some diligence being done, especially with some mail-in ballots and things like that. But does it have to take that long? This is where the deuce has become... Like a Lightning McQueen or a a, a, a Roadrunner of sorts. Speed. I am speed. <laughs> the deuce is part of his, his going out of office celebration. Says he wants to make Arizona elections faster. Saying things have changed. And he's right. Things have changed. There's no doubting that things are different now than they were 30 years ago. Things have changed. But he said that it's not necessarily that the election process have changed. It's that they, the elections themselves have become much more competitive. And so what he wants to do is embrace a process that would allow voters who prefer to drop off their mail-in ballots at the polls on Election Day to personally feed their ballot into a tabulation machine. This from from the uh, from AZ Central. That way their vote could be counted as soon as the polls close, as is the case with ballots cast by voters who go to the polls. So instead of taking your yellow envelope or your green envelope, I can't remember, uh, instead of just taking that and then putting it into the, the absentee ballot on-site drop-off location, or what they call the late earlies, you'd actually be able to take your ballot pre-filled out and just run it through the machine. Simple. Super simple. You'd still have to go through the 
the signature verification process, though, in the same way that if you're going to go and vote uh, in person and run your ballot through the machine, you got to go through the process and you have to talk to, I don't know, Mildred or whatever, and she's going to say, is this you? And you're going to say, yeah, it's me. Same thing. The idea was introduced into state law earlier this year, but as an option for county elections officials, none of the 15 counties did so. Looks like this may be the solution. The problem, as always, cost, baby. What's the price tag? I don't know. At this point, if it's reasonable, I'm all for it. All right, we'll talk about Lake Not So Pleasant next. Chris Merrill, in for Mike Broomhead, KTAR.